you're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1141. Let's go to the corkboard, the ID10T community corkboard, for the goings-on of the ID10T community, which may be you if you're listening to the podcast. Um, This is from Jack, who writes, I just want to let you know that I made a thing about five years ago, and it's still a thing. I host SciFlix, a free community film screening once a month through the academic year where we show a feature film, uh, play a Kahoot trivia game for prizes, and have a panel discussion with professional scientists about topics inspired by the films. Ooh, what a great idea. For anyone in the Kansas City area, we can be found at edwardscampus.ku.edu dot scifix s-c-i-f-l-i-x and hope to see you there at the next KU Edwards Campus Scifix. Um, great job. What a fun idea to have scientists come on and talk about topics inspired by the films. Really cool idea. I wish I had had that when I was in college. Dang it. Back in the 1900s, we didn't have such things. Um, it's great work, Jack. Events at ID10T.com. For anyone else who has a thing they want to share, this episode is Karen David, who is awesome. Karen plays Grace on Fear the Walking Dead. Karen's also been on, um, uh, was on Once Upon a Time and Gallivant and Barry. And uh, so she has a fantastic credit. Um, and uh, we've gotten to be friends uh, through the course of her being on the show. And she did Talking Dead a bunch of times, was just on actually, um, posting this podcast oh, almost a week ago. And Karen's just amazing. She's uh, an incredible singer songwriter and also. Um, actress and producer and uh, she's and and so nice and and, and an interior designer uh, we have bonded a lot and bond a lot on this podcast over cool wallpapers um, and just so fun and funny and and, and great so it was an absolute uh, pleasure to have her on the mid-season finale of Fear the Walking Dead is Sunday December 5th um, it'll be taking a break for the holidays and then uh, back next year. So, uh, yeah, so catch that if you can. Catch up if you want to watch it as it airs on television, which really is a thing that I feel like <laughs> like an old person when I talk about. You could, you could watch it when it's on, when it airs. What's air? Well, that's when the, the network puts it on. What? No, I can't just watch it whenever I want. Well, you can, but you also could just watch it at this designated time. Well, I'm not going to. 
I like to watch things whenever I want. Okay, fine. I'm old. I'm old. Uh, but uh, Fear the Walking Dead has is just a really incredible arc this season if you're not watching it. Uh, and Karen's really great on the show, too. So uh, watch that December 5th, Sunday. And listen now to the ID10T podcast number 1141 with Karen David as we roll the thing. Initiating ID10T protocol. Karen David. <laughs> oh, don't let me hello, hello. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. I was all prepared, and then literally, just as I was about to sign in, my internet's gone down. So I'm using my phone's internet. So hopefully that's okay. I mean, you seem. I can hear you fine. The picture's clear. Like everything's yeah? good. Okay, good. Because this is off my phone now, internet. Because I was like, I don't know what's going. I rebooted. And then nothing's happening, and I'm like, Ugh. anyway. By, by the way, you're basically um, illustrating what it was like to do Talking Dead during the entire pandemic, where it's like we'd have like every week without fail, like at least one person on the panel would like, ah, my internet's down. We had Norman on once, literally during an electrical storm in Georgia, and like <laughs> lightning hit, and everything in his house just went dead for like 15 yeah. minutes. We were like, is that it? Do we? <laughs> hi oh my gosh look at your backdrop i love it oh yeah yeah this is i love it this is this is kind of our room with all a lot of our like uh collectible stuff um and if i were to sort of if you were to look around the room you could sort of see like oh there's (gasps) there's like the the horror movie props are lydia's (laughs) that's <laughs> um, so great like the Disney stuff and the the other stuff are mine there's a there, you can see there's a Dalek in the background there yeah so I love we, that you have a Dalek it's some, so we great we got some gremlins up there you can see in front of the TV <laughs> yeah. yeah so you know Oh, it's so good to see you, and congrats on uh, impending fatherhood I mean, I know, it's crazy because we're we realized like, oh my God, she's entering the third trimet. Like we're in the, we're in the beginning of the, like the, almost the, at the end of it, like she's in February and that's three months. So it just, it's just gone like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. I'm so excited for you both. We're very excited too. Like we're, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's been really incredible. And also, we're not we, we there isn't really much for us to do like there's we, we didn't really have plans to go like travel you know so it's like we were we feel like we were probably going to be at home and so this is just the perfect time to like now we're just fostering this this little yeah. person and yeah. you know taking care yeah i'm so excited i'm so excited for you thank you yeah, yeah. i uh i i was excited to talk to you because we've never really gotten to talk at length about our uh, shared love of wallpaper and house renovation. <laughs> I feel like every time 
every time you pop up on Talking Dead, there's some new, like that's even a cool wallpaper in your background. There's always some cool wallpaper and I'm like, shit, I really want to talk about this, but I know we need to talk about Fear the Walking Dead. We need to talk about, you know, like people don't watch Talking Dead to hear us talk about wallpapers, but now we are free to do that. So um, We can. Uh, and it's funny because if I showed you, I have to show you pictures because the house in LA is down to the studs and it's so exciting, but it's absolutely nerve wracking at the same time. Cause I'm just like, Oh my God, what have I done? And <laughs> wow, I got to pay for all of this. <laughs> like my husband oh, yeah. and I were like, Oh my gosh, you know? So um, it's, and that wallpaper is all gone. But I did, um, I kept that um, link that you gave me of that company that can scan it. So I made sure I still have clippings and everything of it left over. So to see if we can maybe replicate it again. <laughs> well, that's, it's funny that you say that because I, we just found, we're renovating something and we just found, like we're, you know, like, like kind of making the nursery for the baby. So we... Uh, we're renovating the bathroom that was attached to that, and there was this. The ceiling was a little low, and when they pulled out the the, the low ceiling, they uncovered this strip of like original hundred year old wallpaper that's on plaster. Like there's you can't even there's no way to even really pull it off. So I don't know if am I I don't know if I can send you uh, images. Oh. This could be, I feel like this is something out of Escape to the Chateau where she finds these, um, you know, hidden well, it's funny gems. you say that because I just had them on the podcast a week ago. Oh, you did? <laughs> <laughs> and I told her the exact same story and she was like, oh, you know, you can get that scan and you can have someone recreate it. And that's what I do. And, uh, and, uh, so. I love them so much. Are you able to open the wallpaper? Can you see it? If you go in the chat oh, wow. of Zoom. Yeah, that's really nice. Isn't that cool? That is gorgeous. It's just a strip of it and it's uh and there, and it's in not in great shape, but I took a lot of close-up photos of it to see if we can scan it and and maybe put it back or put it in another room or something just so that we have some cataloging of because there's almost no trace of what that original house was because it's it had been renovated endlessly over the years so it's just i mean that is beautiful what is beautiful so your house is down to the studs now are you are you restoring it are you modernizing like what's your what's your plan we're sort of um modernizing it a bit because it's 1941 okay traditional ranch house um kind of colonial um style I love the house so much because it reminded me of being back home in England and I could immediately picture planting wisteria the minute that we walked in in the front. So I knew it was going to be a very European home, like it had all the, the bones for it. But, you know, like a lot of the homes that are much older, um, the closets are very humble and very small. Um, and people were much more organized then, I feel, and had a lot less clutter back then. Um, so the closets are very small and there's like 
two, three different entrances into the main room and you don't need that. It's like these little compartmentalized hallways and it's like, no, we just, we want to open it up a bit. Although I have kept the dining, the formal dining room, because I do like a formal dining room. So um, we've we've kept that wall, uh, but everything else is um, opened up and there was this weird sort of bar in the middle of the room just because, and <laughs> we don't, I mean, look, it's nice to have a bar, but planted right in the middle of the family room and kitchen just felt completely odd. So I was so excited when they, they knocked that down. So we're opening everything up and um, it's going to become a very kind of like, I've been looking on Instagram, the algorithms have been, oh my God, so dangerous, um, but have been such a, a, a wealth of, of uh, inspiration because I'm getting all my ideas from different magazines or different interior designers. So I'm just kind of making this vision board saying, I'll take that from there and put that there. That's going to be the pantry look. That's going to be the the laundry room look. And so we're kind of doing all this and it's, it's a lot of fun. And I got to keep reminding myself that as we write the checks out thinking, gulp, oh my God, how much? Gulp, what? It's uh well, you but, are, but 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 also keep in mind that it's it it's not like um, it's not money that's going away. It's the money yeah. that you're investing into the appreciation of the of the property, and also like it's so like you can half justify it as like an investment expense, but then also I think the other half is like it's like art. You're 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 investing. It's an artistic expense. It's an artistic artistic creative expense too. So okay. you're creating this piece of art that will not only appreciate in value, but also will dramatically increase the quality of your uh, creative happiness yes. you know, every day that you live in it. And that's so important. My mom said, that, my mom always told me right from when I was a struggling, broke um, grad, drama college graduate, um, she said, doesn't matter how big or small the place is, it's creating sanctuary. You have to make sure that you're happy at home first. Um, right. And she said, if you're happy at home first, then everything else just falls into place. And she was so right. So, um, you know, this is our forever home kind of. So we're, we're, we're trying to just bring a bit of our influences of, you know, my husband's Swedish. So Scandinavian kind of meets trying to find a, a happy medium between Scandinavian and, and um, British colonial with with um, my Asian roots too. Um, so it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun and it's a passion project. And like you said, you just have to enjoy each process. But I think it's just nerve wracking when you see it completely naked down to the studs. You're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 we're going through that now and it, and it is uh it can be alarming because you're like oh my god i hope it comes together but the thing that i like about it is that everything's kind of out in the open you know what's in the walls like yeah. to me that's the big scary part is opening up the walls because you yeah. never know if there's going to be like asbestos or a skeleton <laughs> or like, like you don't know what's in, or is it gold coins you know but, <laughs> or or if it's like oh we want to do this and they go oh well we found out you can't because there's plumbing that runs through here there's electrical and if you want to do that you're going to have to move all that so it's it is that sort of big reveal of like can we even do the thing we want to do based on like what's in the walls or how they're configured? And so, but once it's all open, then it's like, ah, here we go. Now it's time to like really the the creation process really starts to take root at that point. Oh yeah. And like you guys, as, as you know, I love my wallpaper. So I've been having so much fun um, on different sites, just kind of looking at various wallpapers and how, I mean, wallpaper today 
they have upped their game. It is so far away from like, you know, God bless my Nana, but you know, my grandmother, but it's, it's, it's a long ways away from grandma wallpaper, you know, back in, back in the day. It's, uh, it's next level is very artistic. You can get murals, you can do all sorts. And I find like being, especially when you're doing a show like fear and, and, you're constantly in this apocalyptic backdrop coming home and creating sanctuary and the comforts of sanctuary you appreciate so much and um you really value <laughs> being able to take a shower or soaking in a towel or something um, so a pleasant wallpaper to look at like uh. exactly anything that makes me smile because as you know with season six and season seven you know grace's journey it's been really dark so to find that yin and yang and coming home and and having some flowers or having nice wallpaper in the background it just that's where I come up for air and find my light <laughs> you know I, I constantly try to put myself in the in the headspace of like what was going on in the 70s like what what sort of like counter aesthetic movement was happening with some of the carpets and the wallpapers because you know we tend to like the stuff that's a little more either Victorian or just, or, or in general, just sort of late 19th century, the kind of the yeah. William Morris, the arts and crafts mm-hmm. movement, the kind of like the, the, the Eastlake, you know, like the, the really intricate um, uh, doorknobs or the intricate hinges where they really sort of focused on the intricate aesthetic quality and the real beauty and the artiness of it. And, and it's it sort of like you, you see it <laughs> like that, that kind of goes all the way up until like the, 40s and in the 50s it starts to get a little more mod you get that kind of mid-century and the 60s and the 70s they were kind of just like fuck everything you know (laughs) like lime green you know like this weird you know and it's like okay that must have been a reaction uh but i'm glad and then the 80s was just like what the fuck do you know how how much like neon did we need but uh, (laughs) but now i feel like we've sort of come back around and we have all this, it's all kind of an art box to pick and choose from yes. to sort of, to, to kind of meld some of them together. It's, it's, it's timeless. I feel like it's, cause don't get me wrong. I, we all love our inner neon, you know, color blocking and like <laughs> in color. moderation. Yeah. In moderation. But, but it's true. It's, I, I remember when I was like, I don't know, when I was in my teens, I didn't really appreciate, um, architecture, culture, history, and all that. And the more I've traveled, um, I take so much inspiration even from the hotels or the B&Bs that I stay in, you know, all over. And um, and and there's so much inspiration uh, wherever we go. Um, it, it could be a bar or a restaurant, or it could be like a, ho- you know, like I said, the hotel or the B&B. But I, I kind of take the inspiration from all these places. And but I, I like nostalgia too, and I'm, I'm finding more and more people are going back to more nostalgic things that reminds them of their childhood growing up, and um, either going to uh, grandma's house where you know it was all about that floral, maybe floral detailed ornate wallpaper. But they've kind of modernized it now, where it kind of fits in. So it's kind of a happy medium where it's too, right. it's not too, you know, canary yellow. Um, you know, powder blue, uh, right. <laughs> floral, but it's, it's, there's some beautiful, beautiful um, murals and all that. So it's trying kind of tapping into a bit of nostalgia and something that's timeless that will, will kind of never go out of style, not too fatty. So, and then, and then I'll use like a pop of color with, with a sofa or something and, you know, brighten it up. But I can't wait until you're, I really, I would love to see what gonna, you do. Yes. When You're going to come over when it's if done. I show you, um, so I, 
see, this is what I warned you about. I can talk about home deco till the cows come home. Oh my God. Um, I, and I feel like you should also, if you don't know her, um, you should definitely meet Christina Hendricks, who is also like an amazing like designer and yes. does really cool stuff. Oh, I, again, I just get excited by all that. I just ordered my um, bathtub because I told my husband how, especially like I said, being in the apocalypse, um, when you work all crazy hours or wearing those hazmat suits in that un that fucking awful heat. Okay? I said it. It's, it's, it's miserable. I mean, I'm grateful because I love my job. I love my TV family, but it is fucking awful. And it's, just it's still so 200 hot. degrees in a hazmat suit and when you're in shooting. In a hazmat suit. And, and I told him, I said, uh, love, I am getting my tub um, I told him, I said, I'm getting my tub. I don't care what you say. I'm getting my tub. So I ordered a catch pole and rye um, French bateau nickel tub. Oh, wow. And it is, it is, it is, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm trying to find the pictures. I'm, I'm so crazy excited about this. Um, and I know it's something that you, you'll probably, you guys will probably love too, but tub a tub a tub is everything so i've got that and then we got the this he wanted his la cornu stove so we got that um so i can't wait till it all comes in but you guys have to come over i would love then, to see, yeah i'd love to see it I'd like we, 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 we do like a house exchange where it's like oh and we'll, you know we can just because it's so fun when you do it to take people around and go oh and then we did this to tie this into this you know yeah, yeah. and for people who aren't into that stuff they'd be like why are you fucking showing me this <laughs> But if you're into it, you really are like, oh, my God, what a cool idea. You know, like what a fun way to yes. to kind of express that. Oh, my uh, God. I, I, I'm so excited. No, you guys will have to come over. I'll have there's to a great, there's a, speaking of hotels, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's a really stunning hotel in Chicago called uh, it's the Chicago Athletic Association. And it was an old athletic club. Like an like a century plus old athletic club that was converted into a hotel, and they basically wove in all of the athletic club stuff that has that you know like turn of the century look, and um, they just they it looks the lobby of that place is like mind blowing to me. But it's called the Chicago Athletic Association. It's one yeah. of the coolest looking hotels I've ever seen. Uh, or stayed in, and I think you would love it. Okay, I got to make a note of that. That's, is that that's your? Tub. Oh, look at that tub! Oh, yeah, that's 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 fancy AF. As as the kids <laughs> that's really cool. I mean, you're gonna. It's just like the, those little sanctuary pieces, and sort of remembering that your home. And again, you don't. It's not even like you don't even have to spend money to make your you know, like a ton of money to make your place. An expression of your of of who you are and what you want, but but when you really take the time to do it, you're right. Wh whatever is going on in your day, when you come home, you just sort of feel like ah, oh, okay. At least yeah. you know the world may feel chaotic, but at least I feel you know peaceful in this little space. Yeah, and it's just down to the little things too. Like I've got my mugs. I'm having my cup of tea. Good vibes only. That makes me happy. I saw your um, Jabba the Hut. Uh, mug and all of that and I was Star Wars I was just like oh my gosh that makes me smile so much it's little <laughs> things like that I find it more interesting where I now I'm giving myself like an HGTV task where I can like decorate on a budget you know yeah. um, and I find that much more exciting I like flip or flop I like fleeing 
market flip, all of that, where you go thrifting. Um, Mo Collins and I, we talk endlessly about um, trying to find some antiques and all of that and refurbish. And it's it's just fun. I well, it forces that. you to be more creative. And also, like, you you... I think people tend to get lazier when they can just throw money at something because it's like, ah, just that, you know? And it's like, you don't, and the expensive stuff is often really not the best stuff. Like the, the best stuff has story and the most interesting things have been around a while and they've kind of been lived with and they feel, you know, like when I think about all the stuff that we've collected, we don't, almost everything we have is like an antique or came from a secondhand store or, you know, and it's like, oh, you know, we're curating this stuff in time and then Hopefully, you know, like long after we're gone, it'll just sort of fan back out into the world and become like a part of someone else's story and we'll have passed it down to them. So it's 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 fun when you think about it that way. There's a story. There's a story behind each piece when you curate like that. Um, and, and like I, I'm such an, <laughs> I'm an emotional director, uh, emotional um, sort of in designing mode. I'm very emotional. I wear my heart on my sleeve. So. It's like even before we knocked down the walls, the, before demo day, I literally um, hugged the walls. <laughs> I was like talking to the walls in the house saying, I love you. It's not that I don't love you. I do love you. But we're just going to like just, you know, update you a little bit with a little makeover. But I'm sending you good energy. Like it's so important. Like I'm sure when um, if if. When I was, I was so excited when we went to look to buy a house, house hunting. And you just know when you walk in into a house, whether it needs a makeover or whatever, you just know if there's good energy. And if there is a good energy circulating in that house, you just know it's the one. And our house, it was that. I literally like had this big cheesy grin on my face and my heart was smiling so much. And I said, well, this feels like home. Um, so I was, I, and I was very teary too when I was hugging the walls. My mom said, yeah, bless the house, thank the house. You know, very Marie Kondo. Um, <laughs> so I was doing that and I was like, you know, I I hope I hope you're strong. I know you're strong. And as if I'm talking to a human, like, you know, everything's gonna be okay. There's not gonna be any issues. Like all of that. Like fingers crossed. And yeah, just kind of having a, a pep talk with the house before demo day. I think that's really nice because there's one school of thought that says, like, oh, you should never let the other agent hear that <laughs> you love this. It's like uh, you know, you know what we mean is that it could be someone's home. I don't, you know, because you don't, because once they find out, like you're attached to it, like it's all over. But I think the opposite because I think if a house is special, yeah. the person who's selling it wants to know that it's going to be loved and cared for if it was special to them in any way, and. I think that's important. I think you, I think someone would be willing in a lot of cases if there were multiple offers to sell for less money to someone who will cherish the house or that it's meaningful to rather than not maybe not necessarily always going to whoever the highest bidder is if that person seems emotionally detached, you yeah. know, because like your house is your it's like your spirit home. So it's like you, you want to make sure that it is also cared for uh, and that someone isn't just going to come in and, you know, wreck it. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened with, with us. Um, I didn't, we had lost out on not so many, but (laughs) we were a bit soul destroyed after losing out on five homes. Um, And mom kept saying to me, it's those homes weren't meant to be yours. Uh, And when we saw this house, um, I just knew I came outside and my mom was with me. My husband was in England. So he was literally on FaceTime and he said, 
if the house looks anything like the photos and you're happy, let's do it. And we just told our estate agent, bounce. We said, you know, we don't want to play any games. We were the first ones to see it. Let's just go in open heart. Like I, I, I want them to know that I just love it. And, um, and it's home. So I'm glad we did because that's exactly, they took our offer over someone else who was much higher, but it was so important to them because they'd been living in the house for 25 years that, you know, that love and that legacy that they had created would carry on in the house. Um, so I'm very grateful because they could have easily gone for the, um, the higher bid. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you browse homeowner reviews, compare quotes from multiple local pros, and even book a service instantly. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, I, 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 would, uh, I would tell people sometimes like, hey, if there's a house that you love, write the owner a letter and tell them what it means to you so that they understand, you know, and even just the act of... I mean, the act of putting pen to paper now at all is is unbelievable. <laughs> like most people, it means so much. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I've forgotten how to handwrite, but um, but it but it, it is meaningful, and it does say to them like, oh, they took the time to express, you know, uh, in this very antiquated way of using a pen and paper uh, that the house is meaningful to them, and 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 that really d- does make a difference. That really will make a difference. Yeah. It did. I, I I wrote a letter because I kind of put myself in their shoes. Well, if someone was buying my house, who would I want to go for and choose? And I know a letter would go a long way. So um, told them all about us and and it worked. It really worked. Um, our, our state agent said he was going to use that as a template for the rest of his <laughs> diets, you know, to pull at the heartstrings and all of that. But um that's another thing. I'm digressing a little, but the art of letter writing, I, it, that, again, nostalgic and something that you appreciate so much. Garrett, when he was um, finishing up on, on the show, he sent all of us um, during the pandemic this beautifully typed like on a typewriter, like so Garrett, such a class act, um, sent this beautifully typed letter um, to each of us. And I, I, because we weren't expecting it, I literally bawled my eyes out because just oh. I can't remember the last time that I received, like you said, whether it's handwritten or on a typewriter, the nostalgia of it. And um, it was so meaningful and just meant so much. And I told him, I said, well, you know, I'm going to frame this. <laughs> I said, this, this is so lovely. It's such a beautiful letter. You know, I have to frame it. Um but it's those little things in life that that truly bring joy and that you know just just makes just makes you smile and and gives you gives you life gives you energy god it's so easy to forget to do that so it's so easy to forget that you can do that stuff sometimes because 
we're just moving so fast and it's like it's so convenient to just like send someone a text okay see ya you know or <laughs> hey miss you you know yeah and uh and but to realize like oh yeah you actually can just take a little bit of time that even now more than ever that means a lot because everyone really kind of collectively understands that we're all just so consumed with busyness all the time and whatever and trying to stay afloat that you know to really just hit the brakes and just take the time to it's a, it's a really it's a really big deal and 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 again it sort of strengthens those um uh, like so many of our relationships became digital, you know, like they became these sort of two dimensional relationships in the last like year and a half. And we, I feel like we have to make the concerted effort to get back to IRL, you mm-hmm. know, like interactions and expressions. And it's like it's it is a little bit of a muscle that I think so we forgot. I can tell you many times we've hung out with people and they just go, I'm so sorry. I feel I, I have to remember how to do this. And it's like, it's totally fine. Like, we're all in the same boat, of course, you know? Like, no no worries. I know. I, I think the first time, the first person I hugged <laughs> after, <laughs> after being initially in quarantine and all that, like, well, just, you know, staying at home on lockdown, um, was Lenny. And and it was when we were filming, this back in season six, when Grace um, meets up with Morgan finally and... Um, and she gives him a hug. And when they said cut, I told Lenny, I said, can you just, can you just, let's just stay here for a second longer. You're the first <laughs> person I'm hugging other than my husband and my dog. And this is really lovely. And, and it's like you said, those little, it's those little things that just mean so much all of a sudden, just to be able to hug someone, um, mask and all, whatever. It was just, it was just so lovely. Um, but it did make me focus my my energies on on those subtle things so as soon as like Garrett sent me that letter I said well I have to write a letter back and then I said (laughs) well do I text him and tell him I'm writing a letter back And I'm like no no back in the day you didn't you just got the pen and you got your nice stationery out so it was this lovely ritual I got my favorite stationery I'm a sucker for stationery so I got my stationery out I got my nice fountain ink pen and then I, I wrote and I was horrified by my chicken scratch handwriting. because like <laughs> You got to practice that. Yeah, I forgot that too. That's the muscle, trying to move that. Um, and I, 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 I then sealed it, but I used my thing. And I'm curious to know what your thing is. My thing is that I get those wax stamps with my initials and the seal. Oh, that's cool. And yeah. I love it. And I light it up and I let the wax drip and then I seal it. And I thought, okay, that feels feels really nice that ritual um and i sent the letter off to garrett oh that's so nice but then you know the letters though we don't handwritten letters we don't really you know unless you send it like a form of registered mail where you know that the other person received it sometimes yeah. you could just send something like did they ever get that i never heard anything is that uh i don't know i hope i hope they got that i know hey garrett did you get anything in the mail? just wondering <laughs> if you checked your mail he probably said it's not as eloquent as what I did. I said nothing is as eloquent as what you did on your. Well, I'll give you. I'll give you some like points that. for the wax seal. I mean, but um, I don't know. The handwriting could use a little bit more. Yes, yeah, because then that's another thing. It's like, is he going to understand my chicken scratch handwriting? I'm like, oh my gosh. Anyway, you know, just as a joke, as a joke, it'd be really funny if you had gotten it exact, just 
you know, just went to Kinko's or whatever, FedEx office or whatever it's called now, and got an exact copy of Garrett's letter, but then uh, like graded it like a teacher with a red pen and sent it back to him and like, good effort, B minus, you know, whatever. It's just like this really heartfelt note. <laughs> You're giving me ideas now. (laughs) You know, what is this? Who is this referring to? I don't know. uh, You know, uh, uh, good efforts. Yeah. I should totally do that. (laughs) After class. (laughs) Do you have, do you have a personalized thing that you do? Oh gosh. You know, Lydia does. Lydia is amazing with Lydia. Lydia's the best. Like she will, you know, she she would have these like um, nights where like friends would come over and they'd watch like some silly Christmas movie or something. And she she's a basket maker. So she will assemble like a little bucket or a little basket of stuff themed around a thing, whatever it is, and just put like four or five or six things in there. And then everyone gets a little basket or a little bucket or something. And, you know, I've said Lydia, your blessing and your curse is that you're so good at this that it's a blessing. But the curse is that I get lazier because I can't do a better job than you. So I'm just always going to rely on the fact that you're so good at it, you know. So it's I I hate to say it that it's uh, I'm not sure I have like a really good one. But my wife is like stellar with that kind of stuff. But it, there's so much joy in doing those things and in, in making, you know, when you make something, there's so much joy in that. Um, I, I, I become more and more uh, appreciative and, and soppy, incredibly soppy when, you know, even if my husband writes me a card, fancy that, a card, right. he wrote it. Or if I, like Garrett's letter or, you know, Mo, she paints and she'll give something like a little painting of hers or... Um, you know, just little things when they create on their own. Uh, it's an investment of their time. And knowing that you just, I, I, I find, I find now as each year goes by, I end up getting so teary every time I see something that's so simple, but then just means so much, you know? All right. So I did. Okay. I just, this is a, I'm, this is a light pat on the back, a very light pat on the back, <laughs> but, but we had our five-year wedding anniversary this year. And we had gone to and whenever she has a birthday or we have an anniversary or whatever, I do handwrite like a a big a thing. And so I saved. Um, I got these. We went to Japan for our honeymoon, and I I have these postcards from this really incredible. This place is called Ogimachi Village, and it's where they have you know like so many generations of families um, pass down these thatched roof huts. It's a little valley of these incredible thatched roof homes that are just like so many centuries old. And so I had this pack of like these gorgeous postcards from there. And so I wrote her the anniversary card on a postcard from this Ogimachi village from our honeymoon. Mm-hmm. So I felt like that was like, uh, I, and, and I was a little smug about it as I was writing it. I was like, oh, you've done it this time, my friend. Like I felt really good about it and uh and it went over great i'm not you know like it, it it but those are the kind of things i like those little keepsakes i like you know like like pulling something out of the history of our relationship and then representing it like oh remember this thing 
you know, like now it's a part of our, you know, like now it's an antiquity from our story and now here it is, you know? So I, yeah. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I have a trinket box. It's just like a box where I just put either letters or little, little, it could be concert tickets or whatever, of anything that's going to take me back to a very sweet memory. Um, I'll have it in this box. And I think it, during the pandemic, especially when we had tons of times on our, uh, on our hands when we were uh, on lockdown, um, it was really important for me to find something that could make me smile <laughs> and, and, and remind me of my gratitude too, even, even through the tough times. And I pulled that trinket box out and I was, it just took me back on memory lane and I was so happy and I felt this lightness, which, you know, we all kind of need during the beginnings of this pandemic of, of just trying to find that light. Um, and that certainly brought so much joy. I found all my, my husband's little love notes and everything. I was actually like going, oh, this is so cheesy, but so sweet. And this is so great. And <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think it's great because it, you know, when you're when you're young, it's easy to be like, ah, you know, I don't know. It's easy to be too cool, but, you know, but I think when you I, I mean, and I don't mean everyone who's young is like that, but I think like some people, it's just easy to kind of take that stuff for granted because you're just so like you're so thinking about the future when you're young, you're so thinking about like what you're going to do next that it's it's I feel like it can be difficult to be present sometimes when you're young because you don't want to be in the present you want to get to a place you want to figure out who you are establish yourself in whatever and so but then if you start to get a little older you're like ah but we could just slow down so yeah. those moments i don't know i had this idea i think it's probably okay to talk about on the podcast because i don't know if i don't know if lydia will catch wind <laughs> of it but um i i thought it might be kind of interesting and maybe i should do this for the baby or maybe mm -hmm. i should do this for both of them is like maybe at the start of the new year or start on our birthday, get a journal and then just every day, like write one thing that it's like, Oh, here's a, here's something that I was really grateful for, you know, this, that involved you on this day. Oh, you know, you said this thing that was real that I really liked, or you, you did this, or we had this dinner or this happened or that, and then you don't tell them and then you present it to them a year later. So they have an entire year and then, you know, if that person's just kind of feeling, having a weird day, they can just kind of go through and just see nothing but like just an outpouring, like a calendar year of love. Yeah. That's, oh, brownie points for you. That's a brilliant idea. Well, I haven't I done it yet. I don't get any points yet. This is just, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to take the points yet for just saying that I might do it, but, uh, but that's something that I was thinking might be kind of cool. That would be so wonderful, especially when your baby um, is growing up and they look back, then they have this momentum. It's just, it's things like that that matter most. I have this, you know, they have these five-year journals and I get it thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. But what was really good about this five-year journal was that it's, you only write a few lines, like you said. Yeah. And even though I haven't, like some years I've skipped or what, I go back to it because I do write in it from time to time. And then on that day, two years ago, I wrote something and I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah, that's great. You know, I remember that. And, and it's like it's it's what you said. It's um, we get so busy that we forget. And it's something practicing being present is something I've had to do every day a lot. 
I mean, certainly in my 20s, I didn't really think about it. I remember my parents gave me Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now. Right. And I was like, oh, I don't know, 22, 23 when I got it. And I didn't understand it. It was all crap. <laughs> I was like, oh, what the fuck is this? You know, I was, I was just like, this is all like, you know, juju, wah, wah. I was like, no. Um, and then I read the book again when I was 30. It's funny when you turn 30 because <laughs> it's kind of like you're having a pre-pre-midlife crisis because right. when you turn 30, you're like, shit, I'm not where I thought I would be. I totally thought I would be like so much further down the road and I'm not. But the beauty in that is that A, it's humbling. B, it kind of uh, immediately sends you into this very focused mind about what you want, the clarity of what you want and what you don't want. And the things that you struggled, paid your dues for, tried, uh, made mistakes, learned from them hopefully in your 20s, you take all that when you turn 30. And I think it's such a beautiful sort of crossroads. Often we look at crossroads in, in a very negative light, but actually the blessings in disguise. And, and I have my dad to thank um, for always telling me that no, crossroads uh, means that you're, you're at a certain stage uh, in your journey and they come up often and it is an opportunity to have clarity and clarity is a gift um, and to not be afraid of it. And uh, I read that book, Power of Now at 30, completely thinking, oh my God, this is amazing. Yes, yes, it is. You know, all of a sudden I had books like, um, you know, I could appreciate more the Paolo Coelho books, The Alchemist or a Khalil Gibran book, um, The Prophet. I could really appreciate everything that they're saying. I think you have to be at a right place at a right time where you're just ready for it. What do they say? When, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And uh, it's so true. Do you ever feel like you're settling? For your foundation, that is. Maybelline's new Instant Age Rewind Eraser Foundation doesn't settle into fine lines and wrinkles. With SPF 20 and moisturizing pro-vitamin B5, this foundation not only provides medium coverage and a natural finish, but also protects and nourishes your skin. And the best part? The blurring sponge tip applicator makes application a breeze. Say goodbye to cakey, uneven foundation and hello to a flawless, radiant complexion. Try our new foundation today and see the difference for yourself at amazon.com slash instant eraser foundation. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Everyone's journey is different. So your daily lessons are personalized to you and your goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your free trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, and again, this is not... I mean, I don't mean to make a blanket statement about everyone who's like 22 years old, but at least speaking oh, no. to myself and my friends when I was 22, it's like, I think, you know, you're just, you, you, you're, you kind of are like a, at least in your own perception, just sort of like a time millionaire where it just feels like, oh, it's endless, you know? And then as you start to get older, you're like, oh, yeah, then, uh, God, I had millions of, I had millions of time dollars in here before and, 
Yeah. Now I have a million. It's still a lot. And then another 10 years, you're like, God, I have like three quarters of a million time dollar. You know, it's like you're just watching your bank account. And the more that happens, you're like, fuck, I really better start appreciating this because I can see that it's depleting. You know, yeah. you feel yourself getting time poorer. And yeah. so it's just like important. I think that is also a powerful motivator of like, oh, shit. Yeah, I really better like figure out and like a lot of the Eckhart Tolle stuff too is just like you know knock everything out of the way what do you have in this exact moment oh okay well I feel okay um you know I I I have I feel like I have everything I need in this moment I'm okay you know and that's when you really start to understand like oh yeah all those other shit we pile on you know it's like Sometimes the past is a bucket of shit and the future is a bucket of piss. And it's just like, but you just want to be in the, in the <laughs> like either, either way you're reaching is just gross. You know, you just want to just, just like be in the present bucket where it's like, hey, there's no shit or piss in this one. This one's OK. It's dry. And I think I'm just going to appreciate this for a second. Even just that is helpful. I'm not going to be able to look at a bucket now in the same way without thinking. <laughs> it's like it's like when I look if I go down an escalator now at the shopping mall again all I think about is oh walkers would be brilliant right about now to come up here. oh it's my like, god oh, that's so that's already happening wherever you go it's like okay yeah I could okay I could break that off I could stab that zombie in the face exactly. like <laughs> That's all it is now. If I see vast land, greenery, trees, a beautiful backdrop, I think, wow, this would be a great location to shoot here for, you know, an episode on fear or something. It's um, it's so funny how that all changes. Take a moat here, then, then you could just like, yeah, they couldn't cross there. Yeah. And then you yeah. put up a, a spiky thing there. And <laughs> them as they were. Yeah, I know. It's I've been and, and even still, I don't feel like I would do that great in, a, in, a, in an apocalypse, I, you know, even as much as I've. You oh, heck no. I, I wave my white flag right away. No, <laughs> I, 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 uh, no, no, I just couldn't do it. So this past weekend, um, when 702 aired, uh, one of the fans asked on my Instagram takeover of the Fear account, they said, uh, how would you as Karen fare in the apocalypse? And I said, no, Karen wouldn't do well at all. Would be waving that white flag. And I know, and it's so funny because when the, Lenny was asked that question, he said the exact same thing too. I said, well, look at us. I wouldn't want to be with you then in the apocalypse. In your life. You're bloody useless. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when you're in drama school, they're not teaching you how to, like, you know, break off the end of a fire extinguisher and, you know, like, stab someone in the face. It's like they're they're basically, they're training you how to pretend very well. Exactly. But not actually how to do stuff. Exactly. I was learning um, sword fighting and and doing an Irish jig in a period costume film, if ever I got (laughs) Those are the things that I was learning, not apocalyptic, you know. Oh God, I, you know, I, we, we've, we've, we've talked so much about so many amazing renovation things and I've, I've totally, like you have so many fun things to talk about. First of all, the jump, like going from a show like Once Upon a Time to Fear the Walking Dead, like must have been such a, uh, I mean, as an actor, it must be a blast because it's like, oh no, this is what acting is. You do a totally, you get to do totally different things, you know, but just the sort of, as, as the, but the, but the working actor part you know, like the, those two things, was that was that a, 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 a shock? Oh, it was a big shock to the system. But as actors, we always have to do something that's completely out of our comfort zone. Uh, 
you know, I had done Gallivant and that was Dan Fogelman's sort of medieval comedy musical with Alan Menken. And to go from that, and I was playing a very feisty princess in that, but it, I love the whole genre, poking, poking fun at the whole fairy tale genre. So to go from that kind of sort of uh, princess bride meets um, men in tights, Mon- Monty <laughs> type of thing, comedy, to then, you know, once upon a time, there was this pressure to play this iconic childhood character that we all grew up with. And everyone has their own idea of what Jasmine should and shouldn't be. So it was really important for me to find that balance where I could, I, I, you know, I could, I could be proud of a, um, a, a character like Jasmine portraying her in today's day and age, sort of making her a bit more accessible um, and, and, and humanizing her, which is what I loved about Once Upon a Time. Uh, is placing these Disney iconic characters in everyday situations, um, so that that was really that was really fun. But then I knew after that I wanted to show that I could do more than than being sort of a from a comedy feisty princess to then to a Disney iconic character. It was really important for me to to really do something completely unexpected and opposite. I don't think anyone was expecting me <laughs> to go. I think someone actually on my Twitter, someone had posted, what was it? You know, how they were doing and how they're doing now. And they showed a picture of me in like full on regal tiara, beautifully hair, you know, curled hair and, and my princess gown and everything from Gallivant and Once Upon a Time. And then straight to Grace. <laughs> <laughs> in a nuclear like, apocalypse in a zombie apocalypse exactly with with grit and dirt and looking haggard and 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 complete opposite but uh it, it was it's just so thrilling to be able to play polar opposite or to do something that is completely unexpected and uh it's always when you're n- nervous or scared as an actor of a particular role is when you know you're doing the right thing Ooh, so that's good advice. Um, you know, so that's that's when I knew that I, I'm exactly where I should be. And uh, it was so lovely to see Ian, our, show, our showrunner, Ian Goldberg, um, at my, my meeting for um, Fear. Uh, I hadn't put two and two together, silly me, that it was the same Ian Goldberg um, from Once Upon a Time who was in the writer's room there. So when I saw his face, I was so surprised. I was like, Ian? <laughs> said, of course you knew I was like I, yeah how did I not put Ian Goldberg with that Ian Goldberg because you know, people in different settings you're so used to seeing someone in one setting and then they're in another setting and then you're there's that you have that moment where you're like did my brain break I don't understand yeah. what's happening it's like oh no yeah. no he just works on this show now yes yes and and and, and as a showrunner too and so and then immediately the first thing he said was, yeah, sorry, there's no magic carpet, so tiaras here in this one. <laughs> I was like, okay. Huh, oh, that would make okay. it so much easier. Oh, God, that would make it so much easier. Can you imagine? Um, so we had a bit of a laugh and just had to catch up. And then I'll never forget that day. He was telling me about uh, Grace's storyline and then that I would be spending a lot of time with Lenny and uh, I've be, been such a huge fan of Lenny's from before back home in England. Um, and, and I was just so excited and I was scared, shaking. In fact, I think, you know, in season five, 
the first, well, there was the first day on set when I'm holding a gun to, to Morgan saying, take off your clothes. <laughs> I was like, you got to decontaminate. You're like, take off your clothes. Um, but I, I was so excited and nervous, you know, meeting uh, Lenny and Alicia for the first time, because I know how big they are in, 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 in this universe and how, um, such a big indelible mark they 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 may they have made so far and continue to make in this universe so i was really nervous first day of school nerves but there was one in particular the shopping mall episode um 210 words per minute when we were shooting that scene where um morgan gets back in the truck and he leaves grace and i was i don't know why it just i have these weird moments where it just kind of kicks in my brain my brain wanders and i'm like Oh my God, you're doing this great scene with Lenny James. Like with you, Lenny James. And then my knees, thank God I was wearing trousers. My knees started shaking a little. Oh, that's really nice though, because it, it's like, it just, it just shows that you care about what you're doing, you know? Like, that's really nice. Because sometimes, you know, when you're working with such brilliant actors in this cast, sometimes I forget that I'm in the scene. So like, and, and I have dialogue with them. So I'll be watching them as if I'm watching a TV screen. And I'm like, oh shit, that, that's my line. Oops, I'm supposed to say something. It's only because I'm in complete awe of them. And I'm like, wow, you're so good. Okay, I, I, I should act. It's really funny if you're like, oh my God, this fucking guy's talking back to me. I'm watching this show. <laughs> uh, oh, we're shooting. Ah, I'm sorry. And then I forget. I'm like, oops, sorry. Um, but, and Lenny's Lenny's used to all that sometimes. But I'm like, oh, sorry, I was I was watching you. Sorry, I'll act. You're doing I'll such act. a great job. I gotta say, it was so good. So yeah, and he's a fellow Brit, and we're both talking in American accents. So and Lenny's really good because he he sticks to his American accent throughout the whole day. But I will have slip ups where they'll say action, and all of a sudden I'll forget, and I'll just talk to Lenny as if I'm talking to Lenny, and he'll look at me saying. Pretty sure Grace doesn't have a good back. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, sorry. Can I do that again? Surprise um, reveal. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm just so grateful for the experiences that I've I've had um, as an actor, you know, on this journey, playing different characters. And I always get asked, oh, what's your favorite role? But you can't because they're, they're like your babies. Each character has got um, something different, journey wise. Um, than the other and there's something that you love and maybe not love so much but it just makes that each experience so um wally unique uh, so you know and grace has certainly kept me on my toes <laughs> and for me it was just so important i think the blessing of uh being on lockdown for all those months before we went back to work in season six um, was being able to have all that time to be the homework girl and to do loads of research and to really delve into um, researching about um, infancy loss and uh, and uh, postpartum and all of that. So it was just so important. And as hard and painful as it was to to watch and listen to these courageous families share their stories and experiences, I knew I needed to watch every single one as many as I could so that I could take whatever, like infuse um, uh, their stories and their voices into Grace's journey, especially going now into season seven, because we're seeing Grace in the deep throes of her postpartum depression. Um, so I just wanted to get it right. And again, every second scared me so much. I thought, am I doing this right? Am, am I conveying... Uh, what she's going through. Um, 
But when you're surrounded by such an incredibly supportive crew um, that just give you constant love and support from behind the lens, uh, and then having Mikey, um, our director, Michael Satrazumas, directing, is it's just I couldn't have hoped for a more loving and supportive family, um, which allows myself, you know, to... to to feel comfortable in a safe space to kind of delve into those dark places that I need to go for grace and then be able to come up for air in between and have a laugh and a giggle when they say cut. So, well, but, but I think, but I also think that's where um, the theater training is really key because it teaches you uh, like if you just film and television doesn't always condition people to think of everything as an ensemble, but like as, as a, as a big group effort, because I think, you know, like it can be easy, I would imagine, to just think about your scene or close-ups or, you know, sometimes you're interacting with other people. But, you know, but when your background's in the theater and you, yes. it's like you take on all these different roles and everyone kind of works together to make, and I'm not saying one's necessarily better than the other, but I'm just saying in these types of moments, I always wonder, like, how does an actor know when they've done it right or not? And you just said, like, well, it's the collaboration. It's like, it's having people that you trust who know like they're sort of the safety net and they're saying like, hey, you got it or maybe you could try this or and you trust that they're just there to support you and help you get to the, you know, closer to the truth of whatever the situation is. Yes. It takes a village. It takes a village. Everyone plays their part. And uh, I, I, I do love our TV family so much. I'm so appreciative of what they do because I see it day in and day out. We all do of how hard they work and they're there to make us look our best, and uh, they're there to cheer us on. So um, I was I was in a happy place, if that makes sense. I was in a safe space, um, and I, I I just love them. I just adore every one of them. So it's it's made a huge difference in in this season, especially because everyone you know off camera, everyone sees me, and I'm like happy Karen and. <laughs> giggly bubbly you know um karen so to to see i think that's one of the things that i i i know it might sound weird but one of the things as an actor that i love about playing grace is that she's completely in a different space and and completely opposite she's more methodical um factual um and certainly before she opened her heart to morgan and the rest of the group you know she wasn't that she wasn't guided by her emotions as much. And and I'm completely different. Like I, and there's nothing wrong with that. I've learned so much from Grace. There's a lot to learn from her, but um, you know, I'm very much uh, all about wearing my heart on my sleeve and being an open book and open heart and all of that. So I'm totally guided by my emotions and my heart. So um, I've, I've learned a lot from her and, uh, and playing her has definitely kept me quite humble. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I said this to you when we did the, the Comic-Con panel, but just about, you know, obviously, you know, these shows are about heartbreaking circumstances. But what Grace went through in the, la- the last season and is still going through was just is just earth shattering, you know. And, and, I, and I thought, you know, your performance was so um, uh, phenomenal and, and, and respectful and, 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 it, and it, to like you, you are as an audience, you're feeling what Grace is going through. And it's like, how is how... Like when people are faced with all of the worst things, like she's literally dealing with all the worst things and like two apocalypses, like how does someone go on? Like how does someone and, you know, and and the characters are doing it. And so it is on the one hand, the show is about, 
you know, the, all of these shows are about the apocalypse, but really at the seed of it, they're about hope and what keeps people going and how do we survive and who do we become in extreme circumstances. And I think that's why this universe resonates with people so much because it's, you know, I think everyone has some sort of projection of what their apocalypse is or like what they're going through. And it's like, how do we survive? And so the show is about survival and just finding that nugget of anything to keep you going one more day. Yeah. It's those moments where you find the light, where the characters find that that light, even if it's for only a fraction of a second, you know, holding on to those moments of joy when you can, appreciating the little things. Um, it's uh, it's quite magical when, when, when you see the moments of light against this grim new reality, especially in this new season. <laughs> I know, I know I'm about to run out of time with you because I believe you have, uh, you, there's something else that you have to jump to, or at least this one. Oh, it's good. I can leave. I have to leave here by four o'clock to go pick up hubby from the airport. So. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Oh. Ha- this is how, so nice because I'm talking with you guys and then I get to go get him. <laughs> how, how, how long has he been out of town? Six weeks. Oh my gosh. Yes. So what happened with our schedules, I had to leave LA on September 10th to come back and film Fear. And then he was driving down with um, our dog Milo. So we crisscrossed because I had to go back to LA to film on something else, which I can tell you, but you can't say it on the podcast. Um, So I had to go back and film in LA. So we crisscrossed and missed each other. And I was like, oh. And then from there, I went to Atlanta to film on something else and then came home. But he's still, it's good that I was busy whilst he was away. But, you know, he... I think being, look, I love my husband. Being together 24-7 during this pandemic has been <laughs> has been interesting. I don't think anyone's <laughs> used to being with each other 24-7. Um, <laughs> and, and so, you know, he was getting Zoom fatigue. He's a music producer, um, songwriter. So he was doing a lot of his sessions on, on Zoom. Um, but now, because things are opening up and more people are getting vaccinated, it's allowed him to 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 travel. So, um, so yeah, he's been away for six weeks, and and I think it was really good for him. And he was doing what he loves, and he felt like he got his he felt a little bit more normal again. Um, but now I miss him. I'm like, okay, now come home because uh, I'm like, come home now. <laughs> like a five minute break, but now if you could just come yeah, yeah, home. now come home now. You know, yeah. uh, plus I can't handle a house reno on my own. Um, all these big decisions and stuff. So his his timing is perfect. Um, so he's he's coming back. Yeah, I mean it's so funny. Like I, I also can. I mean I cannot make decisions without Lydia. Like you know, I'll go and check on the renovation, and people go, "Oh, what do you want to do? Should we should the wood go up and down, or should it go horizontal?" And I go, oh, "Let me think about that." Hey, uh, Lydia. So- <laughs> here and I'm just wondering like do we want the wood to go you know I mean I don't even try to hide it I'm just like and I'll just say to them sometimes like oh man that's a Lydia question I would love to be able to that is way a Lydia question and I am not comfortable making that decision on my own so it's like I, I I do love the partner aspect of that too because it just it just I completely trust yeah her like if she says something, it's like, oh yeah, oh, that's how that's of course. Like I, I don't know why it didn't occur to me, but that you're exactly right, and it makes sense. So I really appreciate that too. I wouldn't want, I would not want to have to do it on my own. No, and there were plenty of questions, and I was like, some of them very, uh, like way beyond. I'm like, what with electrics and all that? I'm like, mm, 
I think you should ask Carl about that, and he's going to be back. Uh, such as oh my a... god, you never have any fucking idea like how <laughs> you just don't normally in your normal life you don't think about things like oh should the baseboard be three inches or five inches? Yeah. Should, you know, it's like should it have an ornament? Fuck, I don't know. Oh, and then you start getting into well, that ornamentation is really kind of this style, and are we mixing with it? You know, but. Lydia's really good at just looking at stuff and going, that one. Like, okay, great, good, done, great. That's perfect. You know what? I don't think about it. I feel like at some point, too, like our contractors, they kind of test the waters with you, like boundaries. They want to know what their boundaries are. So, you know, we have some original cabinetry, which is so beautiful that I want to keep. And so when they're ripping out the floors and everything, he was like, mm, the cabinetry's on top of the floor. So I think we're going to have to, I don't know if this is going to work. I'm like, nope. It's going to work. It's <laughs> going to work. Why? Because, and I talk like this, why? <laughs> we're going to cut the wood right up until the edge of the cabinetry so we can keep the cabinetry. Right. Yeah. Right? And oh, then, that's, what, that's what we meant. Yeah. That's, I'm sorry. That's what we meant. Yeah. yeah what we yeah. meant was that that's a very easy thing to do. Because really what they want to do is just demo everything. I'm like, no, no, no. No, 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 no. That's staying. These original cabinetry, which is still looking great and have a lot of character, are staying. Yeah. We're going to make this work. I always think I always think it's really funny. I always kind of make jokes, you know, like when I I've lived in LA for so long and I would, you know, like after college, I would I went to college here and I my parents moved out in my senior year of high school and I've lived in a lot of apartments all over the city. And the the one the one sort of consistent thing is like when you move into an apartment, it's like, who painted over the fucking outlets? Like or like someone just decided like, I mean, I could I could pull the cover off or I could just paint around this little rectangle, but you know what? Fuck these people, and they just lather. It's like you can't, you can't use this outlet. Like the whole outlet's ruined because someone just thought, "I'll just drag a paintbrush over this." Fuck these people, I and I, I think sometimes it just boiled it just boils down to like. Ah, they just didn't want to take the extra minute or two. I mean, I don't know if it's more complicated than that, but in that case, it sounds like they knew they could cut up around the thing, but it was just a little extra time and they didn't want to do it. It's like, ah, let's just take the extra time to save the old cabinetry. Yeah, but I literally told my contractor, and he's he's wonderful so far. Um, I told him, I said, listen, you know that whole saying, happy wife, happy life? Well... I'm the wife in this house, so you got to keep the wife happy here. So you're not going to take down my cabinet. Now we're in a renovation marriage. Yes, and, exactly. And I'm listen. The wife isn't angry, but um, she's getting a little like antsy about this floor conversation. <laughs> oh, so could you just cut the fucking floor and just save the cabinets? Yeah. I'm like, they're not coming down. He did that the other day. He goes, oh, I think this hedge wall needs to come down. I'm like, oh, hell no. This hedge wall is safe. Do you know how hard it is to grow a hedge wall like this? With oh, my God, it takes forever. I was like, exactly. And I said, that's the whole reason why we bought this house, too, because of this beautiful hedge wall. You're not taking it down. And so he said, but I don't know how to get the equipment in. I said, bring a crane in. Do what you got to do. I'm not taking down this bring hedge a crane, wall. But like put a tunnel system in, burrow in, hire a mole person to dig it out, like bring it up on the other side. Yeah. Bring I a said- teleportation device. I said, you're not, you're not knocking down this wall. This is staying. It will take years, years to come back and, and yeah, yeah. That stuff you just can't, like, it's, the backyard's like this haven because it's just all this foliage and greenery and it's so beautiful. And I'm like, let me pitch you an, let me pitch you an idea. 
bought, when we moved into our house, Lydia bought this, well, she said it was a tree, but it was a twig. And she was like, well, I got on the internet and we la I laughed so hard at her twig. And she was like, I don't care what you say, I am planting this, this is gonna grow into a tree. And I was like, I don't, not in our lifetime. And God damn it, if in the last like five or six years that thing hasn't like sprouted to the extent that when we move, we're gonna wanna dig it out because it's, it's, it's a representative of like, the tree has mapped our time at this house, the yeah. life of this tree. Yeah. So plant a, plant a tree or something, like plant a twig and yeah. watch it grow so that you have that as a marker for your house that's been a fun I thing i love that i love that we did that with wisteria because as soon as i told you the first thing was i want wisteria right in front of the house and i now back home the wisteria to get the really thick vines it takes years and years but same thing planted them and now it's just like crossing over taking over going over oh yeah and this climate it's great and wisteria is very hard to kill and it has that really cool look in the winter where it gets twiggy and yeah. then like in the spring it just it's like woof, you know yeah and it's beautiful with all the um especially on the trellis it feels very very it takes me back home where i feel like i'm in the countryside of england it's just or notting hill those you know those wonderful Instagram pretty photos where they have uh, all the wisteria and the vines on the um, on the. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. and all, and uh, you know all, and you just you think of Notting Hill and the wisteria, and then uh, Julia Roberts saying, yes. "I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy yes. asking him to love her." Like that's it, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I want. You hit it on the nose. That's exactly what I want. That feeling. <laughs> Yeah, you, just, you, you want the wisteria and you just picture nearby Hugh Grant is stammering in a sentence somewhere. Well, 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 well I, I just, I don't, 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 you know, like you just ah! picture the whole, the whole scene is set. I, I love our wisteria. Yeah, um, yeah. Are you recording any music still or do you record music? So now that our home studio, Carl had um, a professional studio built and it was just finished uh, two months ago. So he said the minute that that was done, we would go back into the studio and finish off my EP. Fantastic. I had such, it's so funny. I've had such fancy problems in the sense where, you know, my journey with music is, has been an interesting one because I was full time in, in, in songwriting and, and recording. And I had my record deal in my early 20s after I graduated from drama college. And, um, I was that type of kid because my older sister, my music education came from my older sister. So whatever she listened to, I was that four-year-old girl listening to Duran Duran and Aerosmith and singing Hungry Like the Wolf instead of Mary Had a Little Lamb because of my sister. <laughs> and, and, and God bless her. I'm really glad. Like, And my parents would make me listen to Motown and... and um, uh, they take me to concerts every weekend. We'd have free concerts at the local theater where all, you know, I saw Smokey Robinson, The Temptations, The wow. OJs, Cool and the Gang. Like, and I didn't know who they were, but I just loved music so much. So that was really a huge part of my, my life. And, um, you know, going into, you know, after drama college, it was, I always thought that if I didn't have a record deal by the time I was 16, because my sister kept telling me about Debbie Gibson and Tiffany and New Kids on the Block, how they were so young having record deals, I thought I'd be an absolute failure. But when I got my record deal, I thought life would be easier, to which my music manager at the time laughed and said, oh no, <laughs> it's when you get signed, that's when life becomes harder. Um, and I learned a lot from, uh, you know, kind of, well, making the album, 
going on tour. I was on tour. My first tour was when Alicia Keys had just been signed. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Alicia Keys. I was on this tour with, uh, in Germany with Alicia Keys, Dido. Oh, <laughs> my so God. Crazy. It's crazy. So, and I was the baby. Like, <laughs> Alicia Keys and I were like total babies. And... Um, and we were comparing um, um, acne cream because we were both breaking out in between. It was so funny. And it was, we were so wet behind the ears. And she was this, like, as you know, this prodigy and everything. Um, but because we were signed to the same label. So we were on this tour with her and Dido and Sugar Babes, which was this um, group uh, back from England that were quite big at the time. And uh, we went on tour. And that's when I realized how I've never felt so utterly lonely. Um, it was the first time I ever really felt that, ever. Because uh, when you're a, when you're a solo artist, it's just you. Mm-hmm. When you go into like different places and you don't speak the language, and then you have your press and your team and all that, and they take you everywhere, and you're busy, busy during the day with work, and then they drop you off at the hotel at like eight o'clock, and then you're on your own. And you don't know what to do and where to go, and and yet you've got to be up early the next day for more press and. Oh, I, I loved it, but I also learned a lot. That was a very lonely experience too. It's much more fun when you have people around you. But I learned so much from being on tour um, with those amazing artists and um, I've had so much fun. And then my, I, had a few, I had success with my first couple of singles in Europe and then my record company merged with another one. So BMG merged with Sony and I lost my whole creative team. And that was the most soul-destroying time for me because my album then was shelved whilst they were restructuring. And I couldn't really do anything because I, I, I almost wish they dropped me, but they didn't. And so I, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even write songs because whatever I wrote, they would own. Right. So it's funny how life kind of throws these, these whammies at you. Um, which my dad then told me are crossroads. The crossroads. Yes, yeah, crossroads. And my agent said, "Well, finally you're available. I can I can put you up for auditions and let's get you back working until you know we figure out what's going on with your deal." So I I asked for a uh, sort of so to speak a divorce so to speak from from them, and it took two years to wrangle out of that. But I was so busy with acting, um, and that's when I booked Scorpion King. And that kind of just changed my whole life um, and brought me to America. And then I became so busy with acting that the challenge was then trying to find time to go back and do music. So I was releasing EPs um, for quite some time uh, up until 2013. And as soon as I booked Gallivant, it's just been so, thankfully, I'm so grateful. It's been so busy. So now... um, I've been in the studio in between, especially during the pandemic, having this gift of time. Every time I go into the studio, it's like another sanctuary. You're in a different world. You're in this creative space. And it just felt so good to be back in those old shoes again. And um, it was really highlighted to me, especially during, you know, filming and and singing with Ruben on the show. that I just missed it so much. And so I was writing, doing songs. So now I've recorded half of it and we're going to finish it up. Now, oh, that's fantastic. So Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. So I, I, I would love to send you a copy and you must tell me what you think. I would but love maybe, to hear it. That would yeah. be amazing. Yeah. 
we're kind of going on a bossa nova pop feel. So I'm really, I'm excited. And it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, getting those, uh, those uh, muscles out again, you know, and oiling the muscles again. And it just, it just feels good. It's music will always be a part of my life. And I don't have any regrets. I mean, you kind of look back as Steve Jobs says, and you connect the dots and then it all kind of makes sense to where it's brought me to now. And I wouldn't change it for the world. And I don't want that to sound so cliche, but honestly, I wouldn't change it for the world. And uh, I am where I'm supposed to be. And um, I'm excited about what's to come. And I think you get better as you get older about embracing the unknown and just letting go and just absolutely trusting that, yeah, everything will fall into place (laughs) the way it should be. That is a beautiful, I mean, you, I would say you stuck the landing on the podcast. That was such a perfect way to kind of wrap it all uh. up. <laughs> Just perfect. And also, by the way, for some reason in my head, I am hearing the lyrics of Mary Had a Little Lamb to Duran Duran's Hungry Like the Wolf. Mary <laughs> had a little lamb. I don't know why. Please let it snow. The the, the. I don't know. It's just in my head now. You understand? It's like when I went to class, I was in kindergarten and, you know, I went to a Catholic school. So me singing <laughs> I'm on a hunt I'm after you I think <laughs> oh my parents got the phone call they're like ah uh, we need to talk um you know your daughter <laughs> why is um why is Karen singing New wave hits. Uh, <laughs> she should be singing praises to the Lord in a Catholic style. Oh my gosh, it was so funny because I didn't know when Mary Little had Little Lamb, I was all Humpty Dumpty. I was like, what? I don't know the lyrics to this. <laughs> I would then go singing Hungry Like the Wolf or Aerosmith and everything that my sister was listening to. It was the funniest thing. Listen, I was- I, I, all, all I'm saying is I think you should really strongly consider just... You put a piano covering a a, a, a a smoldery version of Hungry Like the Wolf. I think it would sound really awesome. There you go. That's you know, those old those old New Wave songs, like when, when someone, it's like, you know, people do that with Tears for Fears songs all the time. You know, it's like when you really lift out, when you sort of like de-New Wave them a little bit, you really see like what beautiful, like what like really haunting melodies they, they really have. So I feel like there's something there that you could knock so far out of the park. You, you know, yeah, and you guys have heard it here first now, okay? It's, now it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Karen. It's so good to see you. Oh, it's so good to see you. The end. ID10T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new. Stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.